Joshua chapter 24. And as we uh, started this year in the book of Joshua with our theme here from Joshua 24, we're going to end the year where we began. We've come full circle talking about many choices throughout the year. And I've entitled today's message, Make Up Your Mind. Uh, you know, a lot of times I get around people and they, are, they seem to be in the valley of indecision. You ever, you ever been behind one of those people standing in line waiting to order food? And you're like, just order something, you know? And uh, the, the problem is there's too many choices on the board, you know? They can't decide if they want this, they want that. And uh, a lot of times people just cannot make up their minds. And, uh, you know, again, I, I like to be decisive about things. I, I love to study the Word of God. Some individuals like Joshua, who was very decisive. i uh, sure you're like me. You probably saw this story this past week uh, about an individual uh, named Colin O'Brady. Uh, how many of you know, before I even tell the story, Colin O'Brady? Anybody know the name? 33-year-old man who became the first person to cross Antarctica alone. Anybody saw the story? None of you watch news. You are all sleeping, sleeping off your Christmas food, I guess, but maybe coming down from that high. This individual, as I read, here's Colin right here. He, uh, he was the first person to cross Antarctica solo. He was unsupported and unaided by any sort of wind power. Uh, he made a two-month-long trek across Antarctica, uh, 932 miles and 53 days. Most days, he recorded that he was on the move for about 12 hours a day, covering between 20 and 30 miles a day. Listen to this. Dragging a sled full of gear that weighed over 375 pounds. Oftentimes, he recorded it had zero visibility, blowing snow, and temperatures dipping below minus 18 degrees. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? On day 50, and he actually was on social media. I mean, I can't even get on the internet at my house. And this guy's in Antarctica, and he's posting every day. On day 50, here's what he posted. These are his words. Strung out, but still moving. I can't believe I've been out here all alone for 50 days. Even, even having lived it, I can't quite wrap my mind around it. This windstorm still has not subsided, so I spent another day getting beat down. See, long before day 50, day 51, Day 52, day 53, long before Colin O'Brady ever took that first step across Antarctica, he made up his mind. He made up his mind. And when I look at our passage this morning and what we've been studying throughout this year about Joshua and the children of Israel, in other words, for us today, God's people, God wants us to do the very same thing that Joshua was challenging the people of God in his day, that it's time to make up our minds. Uh, so many Christians today are trying to decide what to do and what God wants for them, and, 
certainly when I look at the book of Joshua and I come to these chapters at the end, it's exciting times for the people of God, the children of Israel. They had defeated their enemies. They had claimed the land that oftentimes was referred to as the promised land. All the tribes of the children of Israel, they had claimed their inheritance. And now they could finally, after all the fighting and warring and all the traveling, they could finally settle down and begin to enjoy life a little bit. For them, it was a time of hope. It was a time of peace and prosperity. It kind of sounds like a good thing. But can I tell you that when you are enjoying the blessings of God, it can also be a very dangerous time. See, that's a problem with America today. America has been blessed of God. And America has forgotten God. But even at times, like the nation of Israel did, God's people have forgotten God. And Joshua stands there trying to help them to remember to not forget who they were. Not to forget where they had come from and not to forget what God had done for them. Those are things that we must always be thinking about because Joshua understood that there was a real danger because, yes, they had claimed the land, and yes, they had received their inheritance, and yes, they had been blessed of God, but all around them were people who were involved in idolatrous living. All around them, there was a danger that they would adopt the practices of the Canaanites that lived around them. There was a danger of them letting down their guard for just a little bit. And it was in the midst of this time of prosperity that Joshua stood to deliver a challenge to the people of God, trying to encourage them to dedicate themselves to the Lord and to the work of God. And Joshua does not want them to try to live uh, for the Lord in a way that is not pleasing to God. He doesn't want them to, to understand, hey, look, you can live for God one day and you can live for the world the next. And it, he wanted them to understand that God wants wholehearted dedication from us or he doesn't want anything at all. That's the message that we see. And I want to remind you today that these hours and these days and these months and that these years that we live in, for the church, as we think about what God has done for us, that these also can be very dangerous times, that the church, I'm afraid, is starting to develop an appearance that is more and more like what the Bible describes of the church in Laodicea. Look what it says there in your notes in Revelation chapter 3. The Lord says of this church, I know thy works. He says, thou art neither cold nor hot, I would that thou wert cold or hot. Did you see what the Lord's saying to this church? He says, I, I'd rather that you would be cold or hot. But he says, so then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. And the biggest reason is because I don't drink coffee. I know, don't hold that against me. But I'll tell you this. The times that I have gone into one of those places, as odd as it is to me, people either want hot coffee 
are cold coffee. I've never heard somebody say, can I have a lukewarm coffee? It just doesn't happen. Now, if you buy one that's hot and you leave it sit like my wife does with her hot chocolate, she doesn't like her hot chocolate hot because it'll burn her mouth. So she'll let it sit for a little bit. But Jesus says, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, look at these words. This is what the Lord says of the church in Laodicea. I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich, and increase with goods, and have need of what? You know what the problem with the church today is? They have everything. And they don't need God. Sounds strange, doesn't it? You see, we have everything. We have all the machinery. We have everything to make church, church. But if we don't have God, we don't have church. Because this is God's house. This is the church of the living God. It's the pillar and the ground of the truth. God says today, just like in Joshua's day, that we're neither hot or cold. God says, you make me sick. He says, I, I, I want to spew thee out of my mouth. He says, because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You know what God's people are missing, just like they were missing in Joshua's day? The presence of God, the power of God, and the glory of God. And that's why Joshua stood on that day. And he issued this call centuries ago for the people to make up their minds to whom they would serve. His call was to those people of his day, but can I tell you, God's call is still the same for us today, that you and I need to quit staring at the menu and make up our minds that we're going to serve God this year and we're going to do what God would have us to do. We have an opportunity, just like they did, to decide that we will worship God, that we will love God, and we will obey God. And if we do not, then what's going to happen is we're going to allow the things of this world to capture our minds. And we need to be careful about that. You see, this was a time, first of all, of contemplation. They stood there trying to make up their minds. They began to contemplate, first of all, of God's power in their lives. Look in Joshua 23 and verse number 1. The Bible says, It came to pass a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, and for their elders, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers. And he said unto them, I am old and stricken in age, and ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan 
with all the nations that I have cut off, even under the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight, and ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised unto you. See, he was reminding them how God redeemed them and how God was the one that delivered them from Egypt's land and how God had manifested his power and glory many times in their lives and how they were enjoying the blessings of God and all the many victories that God had given to them. And he was reminding them to contemplate, to think about God's power in their lives. But notice also, they were to contemplate God's presence in their lives. Look at verse 6. The Bible goes on to say, But it says, Ye therefore be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom, to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them. And so we see here that Joshua is, is trying to help them understand to contemplate God's presence in their lives and how that God had been working in their lives. And we need to understand here how he says in verse number 6 of chapter 24, I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came out of the sea uh, under the Egyptians. They pursued under your fathers with chariots and horsemen under the Red Sea. And when they cried unto the Lord that God put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them, and your eyes have seen what I have done in Egypt, and you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. And God says, I brought you into the land of the Amorites. He says in verse number eight, I gave them into your hand. In verse number eight, he says, I destroyed them from before you. In verse number 10, he says, I would not hearken unto Balaam, therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. And how they saw God's presence, how God had been with them, in everything that they had faced, that God was there to help them, that God was the one that saw them through this. And I love the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 5, that he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And he was saying, look, folks, you need to think about and contemplate as we look back over what God has done, how God's power has been in your lives and how God's presence has been there. But then notice in verse number 13, we see God's provisions that were there. Look in verse 13 of chapter 24. I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwell in them of the vineyards and oliveyards which ye planted not, do ye eat. He reminded them of the blessings that they do not deserve. How many of you understand this morning that it is because of the grace of God that we are here today? that God is blessing, and clearly they, like us, are partakers of God's blessings. They had more than they could ever imagine. Just like we today, we have so much that we do not deserve. We are saved today by the grace of God. We are secured. We have been promised a home in heaven. We are a part of the body of Christ. We are indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. We have more than we can ever understand, more than we can ever imagine. Can I just put it this way? God has been so good to us. Amen. In the light of these truths of God's power, God's provisions, God's 
presence. So many of us as God's children, why do we find it so hard then to love God? Why do we find it so hard to serve Him like we should? You know, it's nothing new, just like we've seen in Joshua's day that Israel was guilty of walking out on God. Jeremiah the prophet said it this way, Thus saith the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me, that they have gone far from me and have walked after vanity and are become vain? Neither said they, Where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt that led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death, through a land that no man passed through, that no man dwelt. I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. But when ye entered, ye defiled my land and made mine inheritance an abomination. Perhaps just like in Joshua's day, we need to contemplate what the Lord has done for us. Maybe what we need to do is we get ready to go into 2019 before we leave 2018. Maybe we need to stop and think about God's power in our lives and how the Lord has always been there. His presence is ever with us and how God has always provided for us. Listen, things that we do not deserve. And we think about this morning how that Joshua was trying to get them to contemplate to remember where God had found them, and to remember all that God has done for them. This morning, why don't you think about this? Think about where you were in your life when God found you. I know where I was. I know where I was heading. I know who I was. And yet He loved me anyway. And yet he gave his son that I could have a home in heaven someday. You see, this morning I think that just like in Joshua's day, it's a time of contemplation. But he also helped him understand that it was a time of confrontation. Somebody said, if you care, care enough to confront. Most people by nature don't like to be confronted. It's not easy to be the one doing the confronting. You see, it wasn't easy for Joshua to stand on that day to tell the people some of the things that, listen, they needed to hear. Can I tell you this morning that it's my duty, my God-given responsibility, and it's my privilege to stand and do the very same thing. Can I tell you this morning that anything I say is not coming from a person that is perfect in any way. I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. I'm only saying this morning what God had Joshua say to the children of Israel that God has given to me this morning that is something that all of us, myself included, need to hear. Because we need to be confronted with the truth. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You see, folks, the Lord came to give his life to liberate us, to set us free from our sins. And all of us need to understand that we have a God who loves us, that will confront us about things that we need to hear in our lives, whether you want to hear it or not. Joshua stood on his day, and God's word this morning still shows us 
that we are confronted, first of all, by a command. Look in chapter 24, verse number 14. The Bible says in Joshua 24, 14, Now therefore, fear the Lord, serve Him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. Now something that is from God, that is a command, is something that is imperative that we do. In other words, it's not a choice. It is a command. It is something that God says, this is what you are going to do. This is what you need to do in your life. And God begins to lay it out through Joshua, how that he gives them the command here. And the command was threefold. They were commanded like we are to fear God. They were commanded to clean up their lives. Well, how would they do that? By putting away their gods. And then the third part was to serve the Lord. If, if they were to listen to the command of God and to do what God had given them to do, then that would put them in a position that they would be back in the place where God would be at the forefront of their lives. In other words, to fear the Lord means that they were going to reverence God, that they were going to honor the Lord for who He was. If they were going to put away the, the gods in their lives, that means that all those things that they had put ahead of Him, they would get rid of those things, put them away forever. To serve the Lord, they were going to have to do it with sincerity. In other words, that they needed to understand, as we do too today, that we are His possessions and that we should live like we are children of God. How many of you are saved this morning? Because when I think about what He says here, that we need to serve, look at it again, verse 14. He says... Serve him in sincerity and in truth. See, he doesn't just say serve the Lord. He says serve him in sincerity and in truth. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? God's. You see, you're not your own. If you raised your hand and said, I'm saved, I'm a child of God, then God says, look, I want you to fear me. I, I want you to put away the gods, the things in your lives that have come before me, and then I want you to serve me in sincerity and in truth, the word sincerity means wholeheartedly, completely, with integrity. The English word sincere comes from two Latin words that if you put it together, it means without wax. Now to help you understand that, here's what it means, that oftentimes in, in certain days in the history, there were people that made pottery. And sometimes when they would make pottery, they didn't have the technology that they do today that sometimes when they would make something, it would have cracks in it. Someone that was an honorable person that did pottery, 
they would sell their pottery in sincerity without wax. But there were some that what they would do is they would actually take wax and they would fill in the cracks. And as they sold that pottery, if they tried to put maybe a liquid or something in it, it would begin to leak or to seep a little bit. So when somebody would buy pottery, here's what they would do. They would hold it up to the light. And as they held it up to the light, the light would show the cracks, the wax. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to take our lives and to hold it up to the light to see if it's sincere, if it's without wax, if our lives are genuine. God doesn't want his people to live lives of hypocrisy. Folks, listen, anybody can look like a Christian on Sunday. Do you know that this thing doesn't make me a Christian? This is just, this is just a bib. That's all this is. So that whenever I go to eat, I got something to, to catch the stuff on. Whoever invented these things, it doesn't make you a Christian. A suit doesn't make a person a Christian. A dress doesn't make a lady a Christian. God says, I want you to serve me in sincerity without wax. I want you to be the real deal. God wants us to be who we claim to be. He wants us to be his children. And so they were confronted by a command. But notice, I also see they were confronted by a choice. Look in chapter 24, verse 15. Listen to what Joshua goes on to say. He tells them, fear the Lord, serve the Lord in sincerity and truth, put away the other gods, and verse 15, and, puts on a tagline. Here's the choice. He says, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. He says, make a choice. The choice, he challenges them to choose who they're going to serve, and not only make that choice, but to get with it. And that choice is something that still stands before us today. God's saying to us as his children, get off the fence, make up your minds what team you're on. In Elijah's day, he says, if the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. So you can't have God and the world. Either he, God, is first place, or it's going to be some other God. The question that crosses my mind when Joshua said this, he says, again, look at verse 15, if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. It just amazed me that he put it that way. I mean, how can it be evil to serve the Lord? You know how it can be evil to serve the Lord? If you are serving someone or something other than the Lord. Joshua says, it's not evil to serve God. He says, if you are saved, you are one of his children, it's your choice. And he confronts them with a command. He confronts them with a choice. But notice, he confronted them, thirdly, with a challenge. Because in the end of verse 15, he says, but as for me and my house, this is where we started our year. Joshua says, this is your choice. I I know that God gave me the opportunity to lead his people. 
But you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can give them oats, but you still can't make them drink. You know, I can stand up here until I'm blue in the face, but I can't make you live for God. It's amazing sometimes that as a pastor, and I've heard other pastors say the same thing, I'll preach something from this pulpit, and I'll preach it time and time again, and then some visiting preacher will come in, and he'll preach the same thing, and then all the people flush to the altars and get right with God, and I'm thinking to myself, that's what I've been saying all this time. Joshua says, listen, the choice is before you. He says, choose you this day. But he says, listen, here's the challenge. Whatever, listen, whatever your choice is, and by the way, it's your choice. He says, but the challenge is, as for me and my house, it doesn't matter to me what you do. In a way it does, but we're going to serve God. We're just going to go on and keep going to church. I'm going to keep reading my Bible. I'm going to keep going soul winning. I'm going to keep telling people about the love of God. I'm just going to keep living for God. I just keep believing in holy living and high standards and, and, and living a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Joshua set the example in front of the people and he stated his intentions very clearly. And I'm going to tell you something. Would God give us more Joshua's in our day to day that would say, look, it doesn't matter what this world's going to do and it doesn't matter what my Christian brothers and sisters are going to do, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve God this year. You see, we need some men and women today that are going to settle in their hearts that Jesus and His Word and God's will are going to come before everything else in their lives. Everything. Nothing is going to come before them that we need to set the example for others that we don't want to be like so many Christians today that are giving some sort of justification for the slackness in our lives. I and mean, look, we need Christians today that, that have a backbone of steel that would rather die than to let something come before God in their lives. I love what Ruth said. She said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou... Uh, where Thou diest, will I die, and, and, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. I think about Ruth's life, and she says, look, she says, I, I'm, I just want to be in the hand of God. I just want to live for God. I just want to serve God. I, I think about those three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel, and they stood there on that day on the plains of Ono, and and all the other people bowed down to the great image that was set up. And the Bible says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You know, that's what we need today, is some Christians who have made up their minds 
that they are going to have a, a life that is pleasing to the Lord, that they are going to have a godly life, that they're going to encourage others to live for the, for the Lord. And it was in Joshua's day, and it's in our day, it was a time of contemplation of God's power and God's presence and the provision of God in their lives because of God's grace. It was a time of confrontation. Joshua issued the command of God that you need to fear God and you need to put away your false gods and serve the Lord. He says, I'll give you a choice. Choose you this day. But I love his challenge. He says, look, as for me and my house, he says, we're going to serve the Lord. But then I see it was thirdly a time of consecration. Look back in chapter 24. First of all, I see the resolve of the people. Look at verse 16. And the people answered and said, now I want you all to look at your Bible, look at these words. Here's what the people said after Joshua gives them the command of God, the choice and the challenge. The people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. Verse 18, And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Let's say that last phrase together. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he sounds pretty good. The people listened to what Joshua said. They considered all that God had done for him, how that God had been there for them, and they pledged their allegiance to the Lord. They pledged their allegiance. They made the Lord their choice. And I know this morning, listen, I hope you get my heart on this. I'm for you. I really am. You know, it's kind of like preaching to the choir this morning. Because you could say, Pastor, I'm here in church. I mean, it's Sunday morning, I'm in the house of God. Why are you preaching at us the way you're preaching? Can I tell you that church in most situations is maybe an hour maybe an hour and a half of the week if you come for one service. The question this morning is, what about the other 167 hours this week that you're not in church? How much time do we spend saying God is our choice? Does God have to compete for our time? Does God have to compete for our attention, or our, our money, our resources, for our love? If you had to rank God in your list of priorities in your life today, where would God end up in your list of priorities? I hope that he would end up first place in your life. You see the resolve of the people. They said, therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. But that resolve of the people was followed by a reminder by Joshua to the people. Look at verse 19. The Bible says, And Joshua said unto the people, 
Look at these words. They just said, we're going to serve the Lord. Here's what Joshua says, you cannot serve the Lord. For he is an holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that, you have done, after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. He reminded them. Don't be mistaken, people. God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. And if they serve him, then guess what's going to happen? God will bless them. But if they default, if they go back on their promise, if they don't keep their word, if their hearts don't stay towards the Lord, they are going to pay a high price. And they needed to remember that while, yes, God is a God of love and God is a God of peace and God has grace untold and mercy every day, but God is still a holy God and God is still a righteous God and God will not tolerate sin in our lives because we are his children and there is a high price to pay when it comes to disobedience. The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. I kind of thought of it this way. It's almost like Joshua saying, don't give God lip service. God's not interested in idle words. God's interested in your heart. You see, Joshua says, look, that all sounds good. But he says, put your money where your mouth is. In other words, live it out in your life. Let me remind you that you can't play games with God. Just checking off, I've been to my one service a week, is not going to cut it with God because God gives us 168 hours every week to serve him, every, every day to serve him. And he reminds the people that God wants us to be consecrated unto him so notice that I see the reaction of the people. Look at verse 24. The Bible says, And the people said unto Joshua, look at the words, The Lord our God will we serve, and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us. For it hath heard all the words of the Lord, which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. Almost kind of sounds like Joshua knows these people. Almost kind of sounds like Joshua kind of knows what they've done in the past. Verse 28, so Joshua let the people depart 
every man into his inheritance. You see, the people and Joshua, they set up a, a memorial. Memorials were big in the Bible because they were an opportunity to record a decision that was made. I, I don't know if you've done this in the past. I, I've had times where I've, I've tried as a pastor and maybe with some of you, but I've tried to encourage and challenge some of you in your life that when you make a decision for the Lord, a lot of times I'll tell people, I'll say, open your, open your Bible. Maybe the front cover, back cover, you get these blank pages. And I'll tell people a lot of times, put a record of that in your Bible. How many of you think it'd be good to put on the, maybe inside of your Bible when you trusted Christ as your Savior? Maybe when you dedicated your life to the Lord. Maybe when you followed the Lord in believer's baptism. Maybe when you made a decision that you were going to start reading God's Word. I, I don't know what it is in your life, but it may not be a rock or a stone, but it became something that became a memorial to you in your life. I, I have many Bibles, and I have some that are treasured Bibles in my life. I have one Bible I found couple weeks ago or maybe a month or so ago that as I was going through, through some things in the inside of that Bible, I have all the major decisions that I ever made in my life written on the inside fly of that Bible. The day that I trusted Christ as my Savior, January 22nd, 1984. The day that I followed the Lord in believer's baptism, January 29th, 1984. <clears throat> I have the day that I was married and became the husband of Joy Evans and, and how God brought us together and I recorded that day and, and I recorded the days that my children were born and I recorded the days that my children trusted Christ as they're saying. I, so many decisions that were made and Joshua says, look, he says, we need to set up a, a memorial. We need to have a time to remember this and, and Joshua tries to help these people understand how important it is to remember this day, and, and so they set up this memorial, this record of their decision, but the biggest thing about those memorials are is that it is something that every time I look back, it's something that keeps me accountable. You see, every time they saw that memorial, it was a reminder to them of the decision that they made. What decision? Well, here it, here it is again. The people said, the Lord our God will we serve. And his voice will we obey. Maybe you need some kind of memorial in your life. Make some kind of decision today going into 2019 that no matter what happens this year, instead of listening to CNN, instead of listening to some person you don't even know on the internet, Instead of reading some book by some doctor that's got some degree that he bought online, instead of listening to Dr. Phil, you're going to go to Dr. Jesus. Amen. That you're going to serve the Lord this year. It's sad when you read these words that Joshua, when he sets up this memorial, that the Bible says that, he says that, he talks about this stone that 
the stone heard all the words of the Lord, which he spake unto us, that it shall be a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. It's kind of sad when you go on to study the word of God that Israel actually did not end up keeping their vows to the Lord. Just like Joshua thought. They paid a high price and say, well, how do you know that? Because God keeps meticulous records. God holds us to the vows that we make. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than thou shouldest vow and not pay. God wants us to serve him. God wants us to love him. God wants us to honor him. And when we do, what is God going to do? He's going to bless our lives. But when we choose to walk in a way that doesn't please him, can I tell you that we can then expect that God will chastise us? That's if we're one of his children. I know a lot of times we quote from the book of Hebrews about being chastised, but look at Deuteronomy 8, 5. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. When I think about these people here, they kind of remind me of me. They kind of remind me of God's children today. You see, nothing has changed from Joshua's day to our day. And I think God wants us to contemplate this morning about God's power, how it's been there for us, and God's presence in our lives, and how God has provided for us. I think that we've been confronted once again with the commands of God for us and the choice that's laid out before us this year and going into 2019 and the challenge that has been given to us by so many before us to live for God. But I think about this matter of consecration, how God wants us to be a people of resolve. That's what Colin O'Brady was. You know, you see that story of Colin O'Brady and you think about this great thing that he did, crossing the Antarctica all by himself. What's amazing about his resolve, that Colin O'Brady did make up his mind, but this man that you see right here, a few years before that, he wasn't quite the same. I want you to notice on this next picture that years before he took this trip to Antarctica, that he made a business trip to Thailand, and while he was there, he suffered a freak accident. As he was there and he suffered severe burns on the lower half of his body, his legs were so badly damaged that the doctors actually told him that he might not ever walk normally again. But he did. Because he made up his mind. When I think about what Colin O'Brady did, making up his mind, I think to myself, for what? I mean, certainly it was a great feat to cross the Antarctica. Can I tell you there's a far greater cause to live for? And that is to live for God. To serve God. 
Joshua says, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. God says, don't you think it's time that you make up your mind? If God be God, then why don't you serve him? And if he isn't, then why don't you ever do whatever's in your heart to do? But listen, if we want to please God, then we need to live for him. A Christian that refuses to live for the Lord, you know what he is? What she is? A poor advertisement for the Lord. But when there's a life that's lived in the power of God and the victory is powerful advertisement indeed because that person has made up their mind to live for God. 2019, God's given us an opportunity. It's not to cross the Antarctica, but it's to go across this year, 365 days, and to live for the Lord. I wonder this morning, Will you make up your mind to live for the Lord? With our heads bowed this morning, let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. It's a powerful thing when you think of all that that man, 33 years of age, overcame. Those adverse conditions. We're going to face things this year. I faced things last year. I'm sure you did too. But with God's help, we got through, didn't we? And with God's help, we're going to get through 2019. With God's help, we're going to get to the end of this whole thing called the Christian life. We're going to make it to a home called heaven. But if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord, eternity for you hasn't been settled as far as being with the Lord. God has given you an opportunity this morning to hear the truth, to know that God wants to have a relationship with you. It's not about our church. It's not about religion this morning. It's about knowing Christ as your Savior, a personal God. God so loved the world. That includes you. And if you're not saved this morning, why don't you come to the Lord? And if you are saved, why don't you quit playing games with God? Why don't you say, Lord, I'm going to serve you every day of my life. Help me to follow your commands. Help me to make the right choices. Help me, my life, to challenge others. The invitation's open this morning. The altar's here. If you need to be saved this morning, why don't you come? We'll meet you here down front and take the word of God and show you how you can know for sure that Christ is your Savior. Can't think of a better way to start the new year than to start it with the Lord. I don't mean to sound anything other than what God has called me to be this morning. But I'm so glad in my life that I've had Joshua's that have stood before me and told me some of the things that God gave in his word this morning that I've shared with you. Some things aren't pleasant to hear. Some this morning have been confronted. God is speaking this morning. 
Whatever it is in your life today, would God help all of us to make up our minds? Oh, I'd love if everybody made the journey with us. But all I can say with clarity today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can you say that this morning? Your house may be you. It may be you and your spouse. It may be you and your children. But whatever your house is, whoever culminates your house, today, right now, make up your mind. Let us forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. There is nothing on the television or with the relatives more important than to meet with an almighty God. When the doors of the house of God are open, I'm going to be there. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be a witness this year. I'm going to tell others about the grace and mercy of God. But if you don't make up your mind right now, then none of that's ever going to happen. Let's make up our minds. Lord, thank you. I pray that you'd give our, our people, your people, the boldness and the courage that you gave to Joshua. Lord, we need to hear what we heard this morning. We live in a land that is blessed and has forgotten our God that has blessed us. Lord, help us to be reminded often of who we are, where we were when you found us, and what you have done for us. You have been so good to us. May we live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name we pray. God's people.